Salutations and greetings. Welcome to you all. This is when Highbury was home and Labood podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us for the stride. In today's episode, we'll be recapping Arsenal's game against Molde in the Europa League Group B. Solid win for us, you know, in match day three. It was one of those coming into it we felt we have to put in a performance and take control of this group because it's in our hands, you know, and if anything, we want to put the Europa League to bed early, knowing that we can go into the December fixtures where it's normally a bit tougher for us and give our all in December, January, make some changes when we need to. And then by the time we revisit this in February, whenever the case is, we, we're confident in ourselves, you know, we don't have that, hey, how did we perform in the group stages now? We literally, we've won out now our first three games. Game four is always tricky, especially knowing that we're going to play we're playing against Molder, you know, so we'll probably have to play a mix of a very strong squad and some of the young players who have played very well and really put that group to bed, you know, because with 12 points, then you can play a lot more of the kids in game, you know, five and six. So looking back at it, you know, we had predicted a 5-1 win, five one win rather for Arsenal and we got a 4-1. So it was like, hey, you know, we, we, we there, you know what I'm saying? We there right now, you know, so y'all should take some picks from us next game, you know, because we there and thereabouts, you know. So solid performance, I feel, from Arsenal. First half, not maybe our best and there was a lot more, you can see maybe the nerves. The thing we were, we were thinking, in a sense, coming to the game, we said um, a lot of these players were going to come into the squad. They know what's going on now. They know we have to play ourselves into contention for Sunday matches by playing well on Thursday. And sometimes that could light a fire in your belly or that could give you a sense of anxiety, you know, if I don't perform well, right? If I have one of my more disappointing performances, I might not be in contention, never mind for the Sunday games, but for even the Thursday games, because there's competition for places, right? Players are coming back to full fitness, and you know that the squad is in a position where we can strengthen from here. We're not we're not buying from a position of weakness. We're not going to go into January thinking, hey, we're weak here, we're weak there. If we strengthen this, at the very least, we plug in the holes. No, now we, we're trying to give ourselves and upgrade in certain positions, right? We're trying to give ourselves something we maybe like within the squad. So overall, man, positive performance from the lads. You know, I was just going through some of the game notes now. I mean, where early on in the game, you thought it was going to be one of those games where that 5-1 is probably going to be maybe too low. Where we could probably score for five, six, seven goals, you know, because Eddie gets chances around the third and, and fifth minute, right? And you like, damn, Eddie and Katia, bro, call me, bro. Like... <laughs> And Pepe was lively, you know what I'm saying? Having started on the right side in those early exchanges and giving us a lot more, I think, creativity and a lot more of an outlet. And Eddie was looking hungry where the one chance where I did feel where if he clips it with more conviction and tries to chip it over the keeper or push it to the side and, you know, shoot towards a more open goal with more power, that's a goal for Eddie. So I think he's starting to learn, in a sense, his finishing prowess and where he can finish and how he should maybe finish a bit better. And composure is going to be key for the young man because it's the type of game where we were calling for Flo Balogun to start. We can see why Eddie started because he caused them a lot of problems. But when you look at it, you're like, okay, four goals and Eddie doesn't score. He scores two disallowed goals where one was wrongfully ruled out, in my opinion, at the, in my opinion, at the very least. And you're sitting there thinking, damn, Eddie, we're going to need a few more goals from these performances because not everybody looks into the tail of the tape, right? Not everybody sits down and looks at the stats and be like, how involved were you? You know, how good were you at the press? You know, 
how efficient were you when you had the ball to use, you know, because you don't get the ball too many times in that position as Aiden Kent here. When you do, I felt he was effective where he was in the positions where the ball was being played to him. The own goals were coming as an exchange of either him being in position to receive the ball or him having made a run to give the ball to somebody who's now taking up that vacated center forward space. And that's what you want from your center forward, not just to be a poacher, but to be a threat across the board, right? So aside from those early chances, that goal conceded in the 22nd minute was, in a sense, against the run of play, although, you know, we weren't being conviction, we weren't playing with conviction, you know, and it was a thing where you could almost sense that they would get one chance and they will probably threaten with us. And their first shot on target, they get a goal, you know, a brilliant finish from Ellingson, 25 yards from goal, but you're looking at it thinking, first and foremost, before we get into the goalkeeping, I feel midfield-wise it was the type of game we realised why you don't play Ceballos and Xhaka going forward as much because the midfield was wide open and the defenders didn't have the wherewithal to cover there where between Mustafi and, and Luis, who's the cover defender, who's the stopper defender in a 4-4-2, right? And it's supposed to be more Luis covering for Mustafi, but Luis was closer to the ball or shielding the ball more. And you have Savalos and, and Xhaka trying to close down a midfielder who's got all the space in that pocket to pick a pass, to pick a shot, or to even drive at our defence. And he picks an amazing shot, nestles in the bottom corner, and you're thinking, Leno should do better from 25 yards. You know, you shouldn't be getting beaten at your far post from 25 yards when you started your positioning closer to your far post and your near post. If that beats you at your near post and you were positioned, you know what I'm saying, leaning for that curler and then it goes top corner on, the, on your left instead of on bottom corner on your right, then that makes sense to me, that finish, right? So poor goalkeeping, I felt in that regard. And it was, it was nice to see the team react from that. First, it was nice to see the manager cause a reaction by just small tactical twitches, you know, saying... Let's press a little bit higher, although it looked like one of the press far higher in the second half. Let's press a little bit higher. Let's get Pepe switched over with, 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 with William there, you know. And once you have Pepe switched over with William, they had more, we had more room to, to maneuver because you had a lot more direct threats about us where we started getting chances with Pepe running down the left. William was a bit uninspiring in his performance all around, yet Pepe... I think that even just showing him that, that when you're not being as effective in a game, we will make the game suit you in whatever we can do. That was beautiful to see across the ball, bro. And I'd, I'd like to see a lot more of that from Miguel because one of those great runs from Pepe in the 44th minute it leads to that Eddie offside goal, right? Where you have Pepe crossing in that ball into a dangerous position. Willock and Eddie are in that centre-forward position and, you know, Eddie gets the touch that leads to the goal and then it's incorrectly ruled offside where Eddie is at least, you know, a body length onside minimum. And Willock is offside, but in a sense, is he really interfering with play? There's no VAR, so the goal gets ruled out, and you're thinking, damn, we can't get cast by decisions like that. At the time, you're thinking, we're going into half time, we could use that 1 1 goal, right? It was tough to take, in a sense, but it was great to see the players react literally a minute and a half right after that, you know, within that minute of added time. It's like, okay, Eddie again gets a chance, runs down the wing. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that inside the wing to the right, to the right, the left centre-back channel right there, makes a run there, gets a pass from Xhaka. He crosses the ball into the channel where he probably would be occupying as a centre-forward. Willock is there, but before Willock gets a touch, defender gets onto it and it's an own goal. And you're thinking, ooh, there it is then for Arsenal, right? Having an extra man running forward from midfield. Look what that did. Because we don't get that goal if Willock is not running forward from midfield. It's not coming from Pepe cutting in from the left side. It's not coming from William being involved. No, that's a counter-attacking goal. A brilliant swift counter-attack that leads to Xhaka being 
far forward than he probably has been in a while, holding up the ball, getting oncoming runners in Nketiah and Willock, picking up the good pass in Nketiah, Nketiah knowing the way with all to have the pass to play back into, into the centre of defence, and then own goal. 1-1 for Arsenal going into halftime and you felt, okay, now we can take the game by the scruff of the neck and start to perform a bit more or a bit better, <laughs> you know, and it was great to see that the team came out with a bit more of wherewithal about them and early Nyana chances again and he started to think, oh shit, 55th minute, Sayad gets a freaking chance, you know, again, great, great movement from Willow, crosses it in, keeper parries it out and you're thinking, okay, here's a moment where we can capitalize from a Leno moment where people capitalize from this when we do it, right? Ball gets parried down and you're thinking, Sayad, okay, it's coming down more to the right side of your body, take a touch. Take a touch and bash it in with your right foot. Or take a touch, bring it down, and then pick a spot with your left foot. Or take a touch and play it onto somebody who's in a better position. Don't take a shot in an, to an open goal and shoot fucking Rosie, bro. And that's one of those moments where you realize we're going to need to upgrade certain quality, even if it's just backup guys, bro. We can't afford to have backup guys costing us because this game is a blueprint for us. There's gonna be, there are going to be games down the line where we're going to be playing a Champions League game that we can't afford to play first team guys and we're going to have to play a backup fullback. And he's going to get a chance like that. I feel Kieran Tierney gets that chance. Dog, Tesco Tierney puts that away. And whoever our backup is going to be going forward needs to be able to put chances like that away because say that was a poor finish and it took us maybe a couple more minutes to get our grounding about us where you can see Mandem head drop just a little bit thinking we're not going to get chances like this, bro. That was an open net. And then we get a chance. You know, one-two of Willock there with Ceballos. Willock gets the ball and then he crosses again and you're thinking, ooh, okay, here's a dangerous cross. Defects off of, of Sinai and if I'm not mistaken, sorry for getting the pronunciation wrong, own goal. And you're like, ooh, Okay, when you look at that cross, when after Willow plays that one-two with Ceballos and plays the ball back into midfield, we have three Arsenal players in that box making forward runs. That's beautiful to see because you realise any one of them and them could have scored. Because if I'm not mistaken, it was Sayad, Pepe and Nketiah in the box. And you're like, okay, it falls to Nketiah, I can say goal maybe. If it falls to Pepe in that position, I'll say definitely goal. I pray it doesn't fall to say it. And, you know, the defender got on the way trying to clear it and it's another goal for Arsenal 2-1 and you're thinking, ooh, there it is. Whoops, there it is. And it was beautiful to see Mikel react immediately from that and say, you know what, we probably should have made changes anywhere around the 60th minute mark. We let it run a bit. The players reacted. Now let's make the changes. Double change. Where Ainsley wasn't poor, but he wasn't great. So bring on a Cedric Suarez who's more defensively sound now and maybe attack more from the different outlets on the left side. And a perfect change, I think, to capitalize on that is bringing on Saka. Because after the goal, when we conceded, I saw Pepe and William switch. You know what I'm saying? And Pepe was more on the left side, William more on the right side. Pepe was more effective or more influential in the game from that position. Yet when Saka came on, immediately Saka goes to the left side. And Pepe now switches back to the right. And you're like, ooh, here it is. Because now we can stretch them all the way on the left side where ideally that's how we should be playing in a sense. With Ubers down the middle, you know, Saka should be down the left, Pepe down the right. And then play with a three-man midfield where we can pull them all the way to the left and switch the ball over. And Pepe is coming in, cutting into the center, center attacking midfield position. Which literally is where we got our goal. The third goal to kill off the game is Saka coming down the left side, cutting it back. And skipping out the whole penalty area where we, we're making runs, we pull the defenders all the way onto the goalkeeper and cutting in from the right side, right in the number 10 position almost where he would be, is Nicola Pepe. 
brilliant position for him to pick because he can go near post, he can go far post. Nice, beautiful play shot, bro. With power, with conviction. 3-1 Arsenal. And you're thinking, ooh, here we go. Now let's go get the fourth and the fifth goal, you know? And six minutes after that, Willow goes one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, Joe Willow, here's the moment where you can prove to everybody why you should be starting week in, week out right now. Because you get these chances. The only difference is, are you going to be able to take these chances? You know what I'm saying? And keeper makes a good save and you're thinking, damn, Joe Willow. You know what I'm saying? That was your chance. You know, 80th minute, probably, if you're going to feature against Villa, you're probably going to get pulled off around this time. And, you know, Willow stayed on the field. Ceballos comes on, I mean, rather, Ceballos goes off for Neni, you know, Xhaka goes off for Tierney. We make a few tactical adjustments and there you go. Willock gets a late chance and he finishes, you know, where amazing ball from Neni I felt where he had just come on and somehow he showcased everything about how he is a lot better than Xhaka, he's a lot better than Ceballos in that position, although Ceballos played pretty well. Elneny gives a different energy. We're defensively sound, can close down positions where we wouldn't have conceded that goal first half. And going forward, he gives us that where he unleashes Pepe in a center attacking midfield position. And all Pepe has to do is just play a, a beautiful through ball into the box and you have Willock there to finish. Where I think Nketi was also making a run at the same time and you're thinking, oh, there it is for Arsenal, bro. There it literally is for Arsenal where there's a lot more continuity in playing El Neni next to a party with Pepe, getting Saka more games, playing, you know, Uber down the middle, playing more the back four because you can trust Gabriel, Holders is back, you have Louise, you've seen that ASD can give us more at right wing back if we need him there, otherwise Bellerin is solid, Suarez is solid, Tierney can play left side, Suarez can switch over to the left side as well. It's solid across the board for Arsenal, right? And that's all we need to see going forward, bro, because... When we look at the squad, you know, across the board, I mean, rather the stats before we get into the squad and the player and the player ratings, like, you know, we had 17 shots to mold a six, you know. We only had five on target where you feel that stat needs to improve for us because they had four on target, they scored from one. You know, from our five on target, we scored from four, which that stat at the very least has improved where we're converting more of our on-target shots. But I'd like to see us get more shots on target and more goals because 17 shots, that's a lot to bombard the opposition's box with, you know. 59% position. Not bad, knowing that we put up 609 passes with a midfield that maybe wasn't our most fluid midfield. That's good to see going forward, knowing some of our attacking players didn't have their best games, you know, in the sense of a William, where he's one of our creative outlets and he didn't have his best performance. Those things can improve. 88% passing accuracy out of 609 passes. Again, we didn't have our more clinical ball-playing midfielders in there, but we did well. You know, so across the board, the only thing, again, I always talk about is the corners, where I feel we're getting corners. I mean, from 17 shots, we managed to get seven corners. And barring me from checking, we didn't score from a corner. We didn't threaten like that from a corner. So that's, that needs to improve across the board. Where over time, we need to start doing a lot better with corners, you know. Because after that result, now we're top of Group B, solid, you know, with our nine points for three games played. Our next game is against Mulder on the 26th of November, away from home. We're all going to Sasha's probably going to be <laughs> coaching like we said he probably would in the preview show, right? Because, hey, man, again, bet on us right now. <laughs> bet on us right now. So, yeah, after that, I mean, it's literally Vienna at home on December 3rd and Dundalk away December 10th. Before we get into December, we can literally have sealed up this group, which I think Mikhail is trying to do. Then we can play the December fixtures, which are a bit 
trickier for us. I mean, we'll talk about it just a little bit. I mean, we looked at our, our next six fixtures going into just that December run, including some of those games, right? Saying Villa home now on Sunday, right? Big game for us. We need to get the result. And I feel we can go confident to that game, get the result, play our first team knowing a two-week international break. The guys will go away. That'll be refreshing for them. The guys will stay. That'll be refreshing for them as well. And then we come back against Leeds on the 22nd, you know, away from home. They're 12th on the log right now. You know, we're playing a team that we can actually get a result against, you know. Then we go Molder away where we can actually maybe play a mixture of first team and second strength team guys knowing that two days after that is Wolves at home. There we have to play a first strength team, you know, knowing we can still, we can have sealed the Europa League Group B, play Wolves knowing we're now higher up on the table where we should be closer to, you know, that top four position, top six position. And then we can go Vienna at home on the 3rd of December and then comfortably go away to Spurs, you know, on the 5th of December, knowing that's our barometer game. You know, how we perform against Spurs in that game will let us know what time we are, you know? Because December is one of those where normally December is a tough one for us because of the fixtures. It's not even about who we play, but necessarily. I was thinking about it just earlier today. I was like, sometimes in December, I remember games in the December where we've lost to Queen's Park Rangers in the December. If the 4-4 against Newcastle didn't happen in December, it was in November, if I'm not mistaken. It was around this time when you know us, bro. It's not about... It's, it's literally about that. Sometimes because we don't have a marquee fixture, we could lose it. We could lose our composure. We could bottle it, right? Right now, we have a, a manager who's got wherewithal about him, who's been in those fixtures for us before, knowing that it was mentality. It was personnel. We've got the personnel. We've got the mentality. Let's change this, right? And I'm praying we're going to see a lot more improvement because... As fans, bro, that's what we've been crying out for, bro. That's all we've been crying out for from our Arsenal saying, bro, give us the performance that we can get behind and we'll continue to get behind you, bro. Because sometimes it's like we can do all of that, bro. We're all the way here in Africa, bro. We're buying the replica jerseys, bro. We're tuning into the games, bro. We, we, we The live chats, whatever the case is, bro. We The content, bro. Righty show, bro. We there, bro. Streaming, liking, bro. We're feeding into the club, you know. Those are... Those are, we understand now as modern fans, that those are revenue generators for the club. Even if they're just intangible revenue generators, generators, pardon me, that you can go leverage into more fiscal revenue. We're feeding into the club and all we want is for the club to feed back into us as a people, as a fan base. And we're starting to see a lot more of that and we're appreciative of that, bro, because all it, all it takes is just that, that little change to impact more changes. One drop can have a ripple effect, right? So hiring Mikel Ateta, getting Edu to come in there, you know, even when you did Raul Sanelli, you know, all, all of the business that's happened at board level, right? I forget now our acting CEO, bro, but everything, even Josh Grunke coming into the, oh, Vinay, bro, pardon me, Vinay. So Vinay and the, and the moves that Vinay has made, right? Even Josh Grunke being a little bit more involved across the board, you know, Per Matasaka was moved to academy by Wenger, yet he's been so impactful there. You know, Boldy and them are still there. Like, we, we have a, an identity about us as a club, and I like that now. We're we stamping our identity within the football realm again, right? And we can only grow from that over time. So I think... Credit to Mikel Ateta for that, personally. Going into the game was one of those things where I felt the team selection was confident, if not bold. You know, saying, I will play Mandem, who I'm demanding performances from. I'll even change up formation. I thought that was extremely bold. When I saw the team sheet, I thought, okay, how is Xhaka going to play at centre-back next to Luis? Okay, Luis can play left centre-back. And in the game, it was more, no, Xhaka will slot into that position. He's going to start in midfield, and we're going to go with the back four, and we're going to play... We're looking at Fox number nine, a force 10 position, rather, support striker role. And let's see what some of our players can look like down, down the line, you know. 
So we can go through it, man. Um, guess the lineup. We got eight out of eleven. No bonus point for the formation because we went with a three-four-three for this game. Um, in goal, Runison didn't start, and it's, it appears to have been injury-induced more than anything because Leno got the start, made a bit of an error when it comes to the goal. Didn't have too much to do and did it well. There was one confident claim I saw from their core, what is it, a free kick rather, and he came out and punched the ball clear, and I felt. Yes, you could hold that ball, but you punched it clear and you punched it away from danger. I'd like to see a lot more from that, of that from my goalkeeper, right? So it wasn't a great performance from Leno. The goal was rather poor, so we'll give him a six for that. And again, he and William were the only survivors from the, from the Manchester United game where we made nine changes. And you probably wanted a better performance from the two of them where we're the, they were probably two of our poorer performers. And yeah, stuff like that is not going to bode well for us, I feel, going forward. We're in a game like this, we need to establish a proper number two or start playing some of the kids where rather we win this game 3-2 or 4-2 or 5-2 and one of the kids conceded a goal. But, you know, it's what it is, you know. So even with that, like Matt Macy, Runison, a bit older, if you don't see a future and then play one of the kids, Carl Hine is an international at 18. He's played in pressure-ish situation for Estonia, right? And if he's going to develop into anything pretty decent for them or for us, we need to start seeing him get some games. So Leno, bro, six, and would like to see more improvement. Ainsley Maitland now started at right back, and it was one of those games for Ainsley where he needed to perform better. And he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. And that's what we need to see from Ainsley effort, where I feel on the right side, he can actually give us a lot more effort than he was giving on the left side. And I like that effort where Ainsley gets a seven literally because he was it's an A for effort for Ainsley in this game where his touch and everything else wasn't as great as it could have been. On the left, it's maybe a little bit poorer these days, but on the right side, he gets the ball in a more comfortable space and he's growing again in his confidence where amazing high coming back from the England cap and then you come back to it and you're not a starter at club level and you know you have to work your way into being a starter at club level, right? So seven for Ainsley. I think he can improve and over time in these type of games he can make that right back position his own and then maybe Suarez can play on the left side because we're having issues there, which we'll just switch over to right now saying said Kolasniac, man, defensively not his best performance going forward, nowhere near what Sayad can be, you know, because at the very least when we signed him, we thought offensive threat, you know, we thought at worst his ceiling is Andre Santos, bro. <laughs> you know, we're going forward, he's amazing defensively, he's shite. Now he's just shite across the board, you know. Positioning pretty poor defensively, defensively rather, and especially when you know that we had Pepe switching over sometimes to that position where sometimes Pepe may not track back as quickly as he ought to do, and our midfield wasn't as pacey as they they ought to be in in, in situations like this where he'll get caught out in those moments, right? Against better opposition, he would have got caught out a lot more. So it's a it's a five for Ser Kalasniac. It would have been a six if he doesn't miss an open goal, maybe even a seven if he scores that goal, right? And I mean, there's not, not much to be said. We can see why the Mandem is playing because we don't have too many players, quote-unquote, in that position. But we've said on the show, Joao Lopez can give us quality minutes in that position. You know, and even when the Chambers comes back, maybe Chambers playing on the right side, Ainsley starting on the left. But I think we've seen the course. We, the the Sayed situation has run its course and it's great. He's given us three games, if I'm not mistaken, in the Europa League as a stopgap measure. We move, bro. We move, bro. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't sit and dwell on that, you know. Lord willing, he finds a good club in January and then we can get that salary cap back, that, that space back to be able to invest in other areas of our squad. And that's what it is, man. Sead Mustafi, another one of those in that boat where not his best performance. I think playing next to Louise is not the best for him because he's playing next to somebody who's he's got trauma. <laughs> playing next to where sometimes when, when, Sead, when Mustafi's had, had shit games in the past is because he was actually playing well, but he was playing next to David playing shit. Now, David's playing well, and Sayad sometimes can play shit, and 
David's performance can also be affected by that. We saw in the goal, right? So Mustafi, it was a six. Not a terrible performance by Mustafi's standards, but not a great one either by more recent performances where we've seen him have better games than that, where that should have been a clean sheet, you know? And it wasn't, and we had more threatening situations because of that defensive fragility with sometimes him being there not so great. I think the usage of the ball was where I chide him more. Where defensively, they didn't have too much to do, but you'd see him more when we'd have the ball and they'd be like, what are you going to do with it? Not too much. Can you break the line and get into midfield and help with the press? Not going to do that. And we can't even press with you because your recovery speed is not there, right? Louise, I think just for the leadership angle, is why he'll get the seven. Defensively, I think he was in a sound where he should have mastered that defense and it will take some points off his leadership there, I'll, I'll probably say. But... He mastered that while after we conceded that goal, right? Where it was like, okay, get your heads back in the game. Let's go again. And you need that, you know, where his performances aren't going to be levels. But right now, the level he's setting is that, like, at the very least, let's not be shit. Let's not go and drop our heads and concede two or three goals in this first half, right? So the seven is for that, where he kept the boat going after the, you know, we got a little bit shaky, you know what I'm saying? After just the, the initial little, little storm. And that's what you want to see, because out of the defenders where... Leonard didn't have his best game. Ainsley was good, if not great. Louise was probably our best defender outside of, that, of Ainsley in that regard. That says a lot, you know, because he's, he's maintaining a consistency where if he's not great, at the very least, he's goodish. Usage of the ball could be better. I think adapting back to a left-sided centre-back position was a bit tough for him in this game where he was doing that for a while, then he switched to the right side, and now having to switch back to the left was a transition. But over time, I think he'll understand that it's a... It's a you are a stopgap player, so when we need you, we're just going to need you to be ready to go. And today, yesterday, rather, he was ready to go, and we appreciate that from David Luiz, right? Xhaka started as the deeper of the three central midfielders, slotting into centre-back sometimes, captain the squad, and I think didn't do great for the goal. I think he could have been better closing down the ball. I'll give a seven. Although I know, for me, it's more a six where I need you to be better in that position. Like Arsenal, uh, the hallmark is that, you know, midfield. You know, in the past, our defense would let us down. Sometimes our attack wouldn't be as strong, but our midfield, you know what I'm saying? Our midfield, bro. And in this game, you felt we have three solid midfielders. If they all perform their task accordingly, will be great. We were good because they all did decently. Joe Willock pushed the envelope. Sabalos was a little bit better than Xhaka. And if, if, if he's the worst of our three midfielders, I can live with that because he'll get a seven as the worst of our three midfielders. That's not bad at all. Knowing he was slotting into defense and giving us the ability to press a bit higher sometimes, I like that. I like the versatility he gives us when he does play away. You can see games where he'll play maybe with Partey and Partey will bomb forward a bit more and let Xhaka sit back a bit. And we can see a lot more fluidity in that potentially, you know, especially when He's coming on as a sub maybe to show up the midfield and you're playing Partey, Xhaka and El Nene and you're shutting it down, you know, and you're two goals up away from home at Anfield and you want to shut it down, you know, you can shut it down proper. Ceballos, I felt, was good also but not great. I'd like to see a great Ceballos. Well, somebody mentioned that aside from the, was it the shitty game where he was shit, he hasn't been terrible when he's played. He just hasn't been great to the levels we saw his debut be. And we're holding him to that level where it's between his debut and all the other games where his median is. And then his great is his debut and his worst performance is the shitty game. And I can live with that because he gets a 7 in this game where I was leaning. I'm like, was it an 8? I'm like, it wasn't an 8 because he doesn't play full game yet. He doesn't have the legs to be able to give me full game. But anytime he's on the field, he gives me an all-action performance. Sometimes you will see him make those mistakes because he's trying so hard. 
And I would love to see him, a schemer like him, next to party because he could unlock so many defenses when he's able to scheme like that. Or even play that deep line playmaker and let party go forward box to box and let Willock play a false 10 position, whatever the case is, or Pepe play in the 10. Whatever the case is, I see there's a future for Ceballos if we sign him long term and we get performances out of him because there's a player in him. He reminds me so much of uh, Mikel Arteta with a little bit more mobility. When Mikel had that passing range, he had that vision as a player. Sometimes the mobility wouldn't be there, but he'd be in the positions. His positioning would be there. And I think Danny Sabayos is learning that where he hadn't gotten as much regular game time at the elite level in his career, right? We're coming from, I guess, from Betis and going, you know, it was a transition. Or was it Malaga? I forget where Danny Sabayos comes from. Pardon me. That's a fact check moment. But aside from that, he hadn't gotten as much regular game time at the elite level where even at Madrid, he wasn't getting regular game time. So coming to Arsenal is the first time that he's getting regular game time to learn his position. His best performances I felt ever that I had seen him was in under-23 or under-21 performances for Spain, right? Under-21 performances for Spain, rather, because that's when he'd be getting consistent game time. He'd know his role and his positioning. So seven from Ceballos, I'd like to see him hone down a position in the team and then we take it from there. Joe Willock started as the more further advanced of the three midfielders and he busted yet again. Where last week against Dundalk, he bossed it. And we felt there's the blueprint for a Joe Willock game where he's our third man running from midfield and adding, adding numbers into the box and being an outlet for people and just being the energy guy, right? And being a goal threat as well from midfield. He did all of that. He did all of that and got the goal as well this week, right? I like that because that's two weeks goal. You know what I'm saying? I think the assists, we need to count those as well. That's a solid performance from Joe Willow, bro. I like seeing that because going forward, we can see a blueprint for how maybe he can play next to a party. And he may not have the passing range yet. He can grow in that as he grows as a player. But it's there. The goals are there. The mobility is there. The influence on the team there. And he's still young to man them there, right? So shout out to Joe Willock. Big up yourself, bro. Man of the match for me, bro. Big up yourself. Pardon me. Big up yourself again, Joe Willock. More fire to you, man. Willian started on the right side of midfield, or rather on the left side and switched over to the right side, and then shit performance. Shit performance, and I feel, coming off the United game where he wasn't great, he just kept the chains moving, it's high time we play Pepe knowing Pepe will give us ah moments, but he'll give us ooh moments. Willian's ooh moments are far, few and far between, and the ah moments are growing now. Where Willian wasn't that type of player when you'd see him at Chelsea, he would, he would make mistakes as a result of being one of the few players in the team that would have creativity about him. Now at Arsenal, he's playing in a more adventurous team sometimes, and he's still giving you, ah, come on, bro. And I guess it's attrition, you know. Father Time is undefeated. He is a lot, a lot older from when William was at his peak, right? So you're going to start to see a lot more of these performances where William will give you sixes, man. And we can't deal with these sixes going forward. So I think we've reached that point where Mandem like Saka in a game like this should start, especially if we're not going to see him start against Villa. For me, it's that. It's going to be telling. If man like Saka starts against Villa, especially after the performance he had when he came on, where I can see the blueprint for us against Villa being a 4-3-3 and you playing Saka, Pepe and Uber down the middle. You're playing El Nene, Partey and Willock in midfield and you're going Gabriel with Holders or, or, or Luis next to him. You know, Bellerin on the right. You know, Tesco Tierney on the left, Leno and goal. That's a solid squad where we can get a result and as fans we can be confident that that's our best lineup right now. But if that doesn't happen, then it's going to 
bring a little bit more questions in our head of what's going on with the soccer situation, you know, what's going on with Pepe's situation if Pepe doesn't start. So, Willian is six, and I think he should be more reserved for games like this where he's our backup guy and will take those performances until guys like Martinelli come back and we have more competition in those places and we can start to maybe demand a bit more from that position and maybe even start to think of life after Willian, you know? Use him as an off-the-bench guy, play one of our kids, you know? For real, play like a Joe Lewis in this game and let's see what some of the kids got to do, you know? Real talk, play 4-4-2, four, four, play Baluga and Ann and Ketia front. I don't know, man, something different, you know? Um, Pepe was on the other wing and he was solid, I felt, made mistakes and he will make mistakes when he's trying to do so many great things. Sometimes he tries to be two or three players instead of maybe, you know, play the pass and make the run. And he's going to learn, he's going to grow. Again, bro, coming from Lille, great team or good team in French football, but French football is not the levels that Premier League football is, right? So he hasn't played at that elite level for the longest time and now he's learning where when he gets to see himself in a lower level where... Europa League is more closer to that level that he was seeing consistently. And he can see, okay, I can have flashes of brilliance. Now, if I'm not going to have flashes of brilliance in the derby games, but I'm consistent in my effort, I'm consistent in my energy, people will get behind me a lot more. And you saw that where the guys didn't have as much energy as I wish they did for this game, yet the goals were coming. And they were more disgruntled with like, I saw that when the second own goal was scored, Pepe was pissed off that he didn't get a goal. He's like, why are you scoring own goals, Dimandam? And Ketty was pissed off, like, that should be a goal for us. I could be scoring that goal. Now it's an own goal. Yes, it's a goal for team, but I want that too. And I like to see that fight and that fire. So Pepe gets an eight because of that. We would have been a nine performance if a little bit more effort in certain phases of the game, especially in the first half. The second half, he was almost untouchable, right? Unplayable in how he just found himself an ache of the space and able to do whatever he wanted, where the goal was a prime example, the assist was a prime example, where on the field sometimes he can do whatever he pleases, you know, and credit to him. Eddie Nketiah felt it was one of those archetypical performances where if Eddie's not going to score goals, he must be a headache. And I give Eddie an eight for being a headache, bro, because... Without Eddie, we don't get the own goals. Without Eddie, the movement for goal number three and even number four don't really happen the way they did. And that's what I want to see from Eddie. That's what I want to see from Laka if he's playing down the middle. That's what I see from Balogun when he's playing down the middle. That's what I see from Uber when he's playing down the middle. Movement, bro. Because our center forward is a key to unlocking so much because I would, the, the opposition defense know that our center forwards are good. They maybe don't score as consistently as they should, but they're good. And our midfielders are great. And our midfielders can score a lot of goals, especially our wide midfielders, if our center forwards give them that space to maybe get that ball, you know, in that D, right in the center, in the center, you know, penalty spot. You know what I'm saying? Right outside the box. Those people where Pepe scored, you know, where Willock scored. Those areas, bro, oh, man, those are prime areas for us. So solid eight from Inketia. The only two subs we can rate was Cedric Suarez coming on for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I thought he was solid. That's a seven for Cedric. Saka, I thought he was pretty good. I'm leaning more towards an eight than a seven, but my Saka bias will tell. So I'll give him a seven because, you know what I'm saying, we're going to keep the young man humble. But at the end of the day, that's a starlet right there, bro. You can see in the, in the small time he came on, bro, created a goal. Second goal, he was in the play. He was heavily involved. And that's what we want to see from, from Bukayo Saka, you know. Um, I think we can't really rate El Nene, although he was great in the, in the five minutes that he was on the field. Tesco Tierney as well, I think he was solid in the five minutes he was on the field. But, you know, solid six maybe if you're going to rate them. Mikel, I feel, gets a nine, bro. Because the formation was solid in a 4-2-3-1. In the personnel and the selection of who started and the maneuverability within the game before he made substitutions, he made tactical changes. 
that's that's beautiful to see. Then when he made changes, he made personnel changes that shook up the game and gave the team more impetus going forward, more solidity across the board. There was just there was just a lot more going on about it where you felt like this was the type of performance you want to see. Where when we're not good or great, we can be good in certain departments. Our coaching can be good, right? Our application, even when our attitude is not good, our application was good. Where we talk about that, where Ainsley is, you know, casual, but he's there. You know what I'm saying? Going into tackles, he's there. You know what I'm saying? Louise, we can say maybe a mistake or two could be in there, but he's there, stepping up into tackles. Jaka, we can say, hey, I don't like when he has to turn in midfield, but he's calling for the ball. Sabayo, she's like, oh, you're losing the ball sometimes, but again, you call forward and you play forward passes, right? Willock, you're like, bro, you're overrunning the ball sometimes, bro, and you might even overstretch yourself with these little runs that you're trying to cross the ball, and then you're falling all over the place, but you're there, you're a threat, bro. And kids, you're like, bro, get on the end of something, but you're there. Pepe, you're like, come on, but you're there. And that's what I I want to see the mandem there. You know what I'm saying? I want to see more performances. I want to see more heart, bro. I want to see more drive, more determination. Because that's what it is about, you know? That's what it is about for us as a fan base family. It's like we come into it saying, you know what, bro? Our team has to have a chance of winning. And when we have a chance of winning, bro, we can get behind them. Because then we can take the result. If the performance is poor because of whatever other factors, but you guys try to apply yourself, that's what it is. So we saw great application. We made nine changes and we still got a performance. That was beautiful to see. It was beautiful to see us react from going a goal down in the first half and get a goal in the, uh, late on in the first half and then come back in the second half and kill the game off when we needed to. Brilliant performance. Great to see Miguel tactically shuffle the squad up and continue to do that because we're going to need to do that over the next couple of games. Like we said, Villa on Sunday, big, big game for us. And then we have an international break that we can cool out from. So we'll preview the Villa game tomorrow. Let's just take some time to decompress and enjoy this win, man. And... Let's be more positive in our outlook going forward, you know. It's one of those things where you can think of the Leno mistake and you can think of the fact that we're playing guys like Sayad still. You can think of the fact that you look at our centre-back pairing and it's Louise and Mustafi and somehow Saliba couldn't get games still. Ainsley wasn't great, you know. Jacques Ceballos long-term is that our best look, but there's positives from this game, right? Willock is a big plus from this game where I think Joe Willock's performance is telling that he should be in contention where if he's not starting against Villa, then that's our first change against Villa. You know, where we, if we need to unlock them, it's nil-nil at halftime or one-nil even at halftime. You've told Joe Willock, you're going to get 45 minutes. We've said to him, then he, keep it tight for me for 45 minutes. Maybe even get me a goal. Keep it there. And then we bring on Joe. You know, we kill off the game and start to grow him in this role where we have a starlet there, bro. He's growing into himself as well. And I like to see that. Another positive for me was Nicola Pepe's performance. I think he needs to start against Villa, give him a chance in a game where Villa will play a low block and try to hit us on the break. And... They are good at midfield where when they grow an ascendancy in the game, they will try to keep hold of the ball and try play rings around us where we will now start to play them on the counter. And Nicola Pepe is ideal in those broken situations, bro, where broken play is where we've seen Nicola Pepe play, bro. And if we know anything about trying to get the best out of Nicola Pepe, let's play him in those type of games. I think, you know, Willock is also ideal for a game like that. This 4-2-3-1 is ideal for a game like that. If you're being adventurous, you can start Ceballos with party and we're like, I think maybe that's a bit much because, firstly, I don't think Ceballos has earned that yet and Elneny does not deserve to be dropped. So you started keep it there, keep it solid. You know what I'm saying? Um, Partey, Elneny, Wheelock, 
you know what I'm saying? And then let's take our time with this process, you know what I'm saying? Take your time with it. Let's continue, you know what I'm saying? That's the calling. That's the calling for this, you know what I'm saying? Um, across the board, I think that was a solid performance from us as the Gooners. We take that into the next game, bro, with confidence, bro, with heart. Let's take courage from this. Let's take courage from the fact that we're winning games now on the bounce, you know, and that's, that's all we ask for coming from that Leicester result. Now, what is it, three? That's solid. You know, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going and let's get another win against Vela, go into the international break with a solid mindset about us, knowing that the guys who stay behind can recuperate the guys who go on international break and put in a performance and come back to the team. And we go again against Leeds United, you know. Big game for us as Arsenal fans. We know that Leeds is never an easy game. Pardon me, anytime Leeds are in the league, you know, they'll be competitive at the very least. So we'll give a good account of ourselves. You know, it's away at Ellen Road, so... The fans can't travel. It's always in a great away game. You know, Ellen Road, historic place. But then the day will play well there as well. So we'll deal with that as it comes up. Right now, let's celebrate this win. Let's enjoy this win. Let's let's give ourselves something to 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 look forward to going into the Villa game, knowing it's going to be a good test for us. Let's try to see some consistency. We're praying for that. And other than that, man, you know how it goes. You know, this is when Highbury was home. A loud booth podcast presentation. Thank you for following us on this journey. Please like, subscribe, rate and review us on all DSPs where you consume your digital media content. You know, send us your critiques and comments, you know, your donations and contributions. All things are welcome because all things are used for our good and our benefit. And aside from that, let's keep growing, you know, let's keep growing. Let's keep evolving as a club. Let's keep evolving as a fan base and reach who we may be, you know. Yeah, man, that's how it goes. Come on, you gooners. <laughs>